You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival Podcast, folks. I am Mr. Matthew Baker, and I perform a weird comedy and stunt show. And I'm Louis Fox. Uh, in the festival, you know me uh, performing hand shadow puppets, but I'm also, my day job is I'm a magician. Yeah, we have both been performing at the Moisture Festival for a number of years, and this podcast is dedicated to peeling back the curtain and giving you a glimpse of some of the performers, the talent, the people, the volunteers, and the board of directors that make this festival possible. I think you'll be amazed at all the work that goes into making the festival possible, too. It's not just a bunch of people showing up and doing a show. They're building a community, which you can actually help sponsor and support through donations. You can do that with your time or financially at moisturefestival.org, and you click the contribute link, and there's tons of information on how you can help keep the festival running. And if this is the first time you're even hearing about the Moisture Festival, congratulations, you stumbled upon (laughs) something that's amazing. But it is a four-week festival that celebrates variety arts in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. And let me tell you, folks, I've been a part of this for almost 13 years, and it is one of a kind. Yeah, it's the, actually the largest festival of its kind in the world yeah. and features some of the best entertainers, comedians, hula hoopers, whatever you can think of. <laughs> they have it. <laughs> they have it. <laughs> And it happens actually in the months of March and April, and they do have world-class variety acts, but they also have a week-long worth of burlesque show. Yeah, at a venue on the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to get your tickets, because 95% of the shows sell out. And you can get your tickets also by visiting the website moisturefestival.org. So be sure to check that out for all things Moisture Festival. Today we have Matt Stoll from the very famous acapella group The Bobs in the studio. Yeah, they were once called one of the most influential acapella groups ever. We hear about the origins of The Bobs, how acapella has taken shape today, and we learn about how he met his wife, which is a pretty great story. Yeah, and him putting a song in the Vanilla Ice movie. (laughs) It's pretty great. He was at the very first Moisture Festival. Let's get to the interview. Lucky to have a legend in the Northwest, a legend Mm -hmm. in the acapella world, Mm -hmm. a legend in the Moisture Festival lore. We have the founder, Matt Stoll, of the Bobs here Mm -hmm. in the Moisture Festival podcast basement. Yes. Welcome. Thank (laughs) you for for making the trek. So we were talking before we started recording about the Bobs were at the first- At the very beginning of the Moisture Moisture Festival doing uh, In the Tent. 
in the smelly, smelly tent. <laughs> I mean, and you know, the thing about acapella singers, uh, we have to breathe. Yes. <laughs> and that we would take big gulps and go, oh, God. Can when you're breathing, clean this thing? You're bringing, breathing through your mouth. Oh, my God. You're thinking, <laughs> what, when did this thing get unpacked? You know? Well, so. it's probably Chumley had him unpacked that in years, I would imagine. I don't think he had, actually. <laughs> he was ready to take it to the dump, and yeah. they were like, oh. they're like, okay, well, I guess it's got a few more shows in it. So, so how did you get hooked up with all the Moisture Festival people? Um, uh, Tim First and I go way, way, way back. Tim was uh, part of the Karamazov brothers. Mm-hmm. Tim and I, it was such, such serendipity. We would run into each other at airports. Oh, wow. Literally all over the country. Going gigging. You guys like, are gigging. Going like through. I'd walk into an airport and there would be Tim <laughs> sitting <laughs> or Tim would walk up and say, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> and this happened. I mean, if it only happened once or twice, that would have been okay. But it happened like over yeah. and over. And, and I'd be like, okay, where's Tim? It's a little, it gets <laughs> to a creepy point. I was thinking, how does he always know where I am? You know, <laughs> But that's that's kind of where we started. The Karamazovs and the Bobs tried to do um, a show together, which I think was called The History of Music, or I forget what. It was a terrible name. We never really got a good name. And it was incredibly long. What's turned out, what, what we found out that the Karamazovs always did really, really long shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was fun. So Tim and I go way, way back. We've known each other for a long time. And, and when the Moisture Festival started, you know, he just said, would the Bobs be interested? And I said, well, you know, if we're, we're here in town, you know, we would play, we'd come into town, play the Triple Door or, yeah. at, no, back then it would probably be Jazz Alley or mm-hmm. it's one of those venues. And uh, we said, yeah, sure, we'll come down and sing for half an hour or so mm-hmm. at this new thing. Yeah. Why not? It was, a, you know, it was kind of a cool, it was, it was not, it was a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it, so, it seems like so the first different. one, Tim was calling in, you know, they, all their friends. Absolutely. Yeah. It was sort of a really like by the seat of the pants yeah. sort of But it show. had that feel, that great feel of something starting that was new and different. Yeah. And you could tell, you're like, wow, this is very cool. So we, the Bobs are very, very happy to be involved. I was, I was super happy that Tim had asked me. So Yeah. And so the Bobs performed for 37 years. 37 years. Yeah. And you started in San Francisco? Right. 1981, actually. Okay. Yeah. That's the year I was born. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> Okay, that's the end of this interview. I'm out. I'm out of here. Um, Yeah, 1981, we started. I'd gone to professional actor and director training. I was an actor in the Berkeley Shakespeare Festival. I was working all over San Francisco. And I had taken a part-time job at a place called the Western Onion Singing Telegram. (laughs) And uh, I read that in your bio, and I was like... Did he misspell something? Wait, was there an Eastern <laughs> there, there singing an telegram? East, there was also an Eastern Onion singing telegram. <laughs> you know, it was one of those, I needed a little part-time gig. Um, I was going, you know, being an actor is not an, an easy no, financial. Right? You take um, what you can yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So this, you know, I can sing. So I thought, okay, fine. I, I, I was the one who would open the office at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and by 6.30, I had to be singing these telegrams like over the phone. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so you yeah, weren't yeah. like knock on the you door. Didn't show up. Not at 6 a.m., thank God. Because <laughs> people would It's their wake up call. Yeah, yeah. people <laughs> would have killed me on that one. But uh, I would show up, you know, I'd, I'd open an office and. 
Okay. It's, it's, your the harmonica. it's your birthday, you know. Um, and I would have to do these singing. And were you just like salaried at that point, or was it like a per call? Yeah, no, it's payment. It was. It was a, I was on salary because uh, wow. I was in the office. Yeah, hey, hey. And I had to open the office. So was it mostly birthday songs, or? Oh no, it was everything. It was uh, anniversaries. Do, like and, you've been fired. Yeah. You've been served. Well, we never did that, but. <laughs> We there was the there is only one really uh, outrage, and this is actually a good story. Uh, it's called the Fu song, <laughs> and it was a what we did. There was these things we would you could get a custom singing telegram. Yeah. So this singing telegram was written for a woman. She came in, and her boyfriend. They were gonna get married, and her boyfriend left her, and did not show. To the wedding. Uh, uh, got cold feet. Yeah. She came in and ordered this custom singing telegram that was put to the tune of the can-can. <laughs> and it was sent to him at his neighborhood bar where all of his buddies were. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and it ends with, F you, yeah. and thank you very much. <laughs> and you walk out the door and people, the place was, you know. Silent. Oh, but you did that one in person? No, no, oh, somebody okay. else did. I really wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I called dibs. So I called dibs. I, I did. I really wanted. I'm that. sure they have to come with like you. Well, know, they wanted um, somebody. Bat. They they <laughs> want, no. They wanted somebody big enough that yes. they could walk into a bar and do this. And they did get somebody to do that. But I always wanted to sing. And it's one of those weird things. Now this is a this is a long time ago, uh, right? This is in the 70s. Yeah, and. I can't get that song out of my head. A few song? <laughs> that yes, it's still there. And every once in a while, I somebody will say, "Hey, can you do that one?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Why yeah, not?" I love and to. I just it's like there's certain you know when you're a singer and there's things get in here. Yeah. Like I I can also sing you the theme song to F Troop, which you probably don't remember <laughs> this show because it was in the '60s. The F U song. It's like it's, it's what I sang to my daughter every night before she went to bed. <laughs> Yeah. Now, do you miss doing singing telegrams? You know, that's a great question. You know, it was fun, you know, because you surprised people. I mean, we were very, we weren't wearing costumes and stuff. Mm -hmm. We were wearing what was called the Philip Morris, our little red jackets with yeah. pillbox hats. Oh, cool. And uh, very old fashioned white gloves and a little tray. And it was wild to walk in to businesses and stuff where people were going to surprise their workmate with a singing telegram. And you would just see this sometimes great joy and sometimes great panic yeah. in these faces of these people. So back then, were singing telegrams common? I mean, there's, I've. There were so. Listen, that we have, I forget how many, there must have been 30 people going out doing singing telegrams. That's amazing. And then all these people who would do them on the phone as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did phones to, to a nunnery in Switzerland wow. once. You, you know, to learn Swiss German. I didn't and... have to look, thank God I didn't have to do that. I'm, Luckily, I'm F.U. Tra is translates the same. <laughs> Pretty much straight okay. across on the, yeah. Uh, my wife is Swiss, so she'll be hearing this. So. Anyways. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's crazy to imagine a world where that's common, where like in my lifetime, I only know singing telegrams from like the movie Clue. Yeah. And the, but there, you know, there's still singing telegrams. Yeah, here in we, Seattle. We, like, actually, we interviewed someone who does. Caleb, them. <laughs> we interviewed we interviewed Kayla Bailey, the oh, singer. No. She does them currently, and she said that sometimes when she shows up, that some of the times the people who answer the door don't know 
that someone's coming right. that they there's like this sort of moment where she has to like give them eye contact like hey i'm not a stripper you know because like they they're not quite sure what right. her intentions yeah. are uh-huh. uh, is she dressed up in something yeah she does characters she she does like uh, dolly parton yeah, and I see. marilyn yeah, yeah, monroe yeah, yeah. and yeah. a lady guy because that's what it went to it kind of went you know you're in a gorilla suit you're superman you're gotcha you know, some of those are strippers, but, you know, it's not always. <laughs> you got out of it before the gorilla suit Yeah, day. yeah, I did. I, back, you know. back when singing telegrams were pure. Yeah, yeah when, when they were cool still. Is that yeah. how the Bobs formed? Is that, And that's the funny part, because I met Gunnar Madsen, mm-hmm. who was one of the other founders. I met him at the singing telegram. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and he was one of the singers that would dress up and go out. Because uh, uh, I was reading your bio, and it's like, and then the singing telegram company folded, and we yeah. went out on our own. Yeah. And I was like, is that, is that just flavor? Or is that- <laughs> <laughs> no, we, no, the singing telegram did finally fold. It just wasn't viable after, a, I don't know, maybe four or five years mm-hmm. it lasted, but did had a lot of fun. And then I went over to Gunner's apartment in Berkeley, and I said, you know, we know... All these singers, why not have a, a singing group, an acapella group? Because acapella was just starting. This is late 70s, 78, 79. It was just starting to come in. It was kind of the popularity of it was coming back. There was Manhattan Transfer. Yeah. And they did a lot for acapella music mm. because they would open for the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to do that as well. The Bobs got to oh, open cool. for the Grateful Dead for New Year's Eve at the Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. Now, how are the audiences when you're opening for the Grateful Dead? <laughs> they love you because they think that Jerry has personally uh, come and yeah. selected you. Yeah. I met Jerry like, hey. That was about yeah. how much mm-hmm. we met Jerry. Yeah. Um, you just got happened to get booked for the gig. Yeah. And but did they have like a affinity for acapella or? No, they just liked anything that the dead decided. So it was, we, there were two opening acts for, for New Year's Eve, the Dirty Dozen Brass Band and us. Okay. And the fans, they're all high as hell. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is 1984 or something. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're just got these big, grins on their faces and they're just like oh you guys are so good you're so and the balls are bouncing around you're the like audience. we haven't even it's... sung a song yet no, <laughs> no. And, uh, it was the best set yeah. i've ever seen it was funny and they're just yeah they were absolutely fabulous audience yeah because they were just totally willing to listen to whatever i wonder uh, if they like acapella group because they're sort of sensory overload Whereas, like, maybe having an acapella group the open. Oral, the yeah. oral thing of it, you know, the, the ears, yeah, this is a, a big deal when in all groups. You know, it's like when you go see a, a festival and every group is kind of a rock and roll group. You're mm-hmm. like, boy, it would be nice to hear uh, just the guy with the guitar. Yeah. You know, or yeah. a lady with the guitar or something, you know. It would be just so much nicer. Um, I think that's one of the reasons the Bobs actually worked a lot. Because we weren't a doo-wop group, mm-hmm. right? We weren't a street corner doo-wop group. And we weren't a jazz vocal group. We were the first vocal group to come along and say, well, why can't we do Psycho Killer as an acapella too? Yeah. Why can't? Yeah. And, you know, we looked at each other and said, well, we just go ahead and let's do that. You yeah. Know? So, and we come with no equipment. I mean... <laughs> Uh, this leads this, to one of my questions, yeah. actually. You're in a sweet spot combo now where you ah. play instruments. Oh, Jesus. Do you ever look back and go, remember when I used to not have to lug instruments around? <laughs> okay. One of the main reasons why we were an acapella group, because Richard Bob was a bass player, Gunner was a piano player, and, and I played drums. 
and none of us wanted to carry instruments. <laughs> so it was like acapella group. Yeah, we can do it that way. Well, you um, end up being so much more versatile because you can fly easier. Way, way easier. And when, when we were playing a big festival um, in on the East Coast, we were at Soundcheck and the then the band who just soundchecked was Lyle Lovett in his large band, who had come in with three tractor trailers of the equipment. Yeah. And the stage manager was like, you could just tell he was just beat. And I come up and I and what we came with were a bag about this big that had four microphones in it. And I went, I said, here's our equipment. And he goes, I love you. Ah. <laughs> So it's really, it's ironic that now I'm the drummer in the Sweet Swat combo. And I'm like, oh, you can't. I'm like, I couldn't have been a guitar player. That's just one thing. I couldn't have been the harmonica guy. Yeah, I couldn't be, yeah. I could play the tambourine. The penance no, you pay. No. So I'm back hauling around a bunch of shit. So I, I so this is sort of two part yeah. question about Psycho Killer in particular. Okay. So first, were you guys like the first sort of group that took like a popular song and sort of didn't because that seems to be a thing now that yeah. like there's been a surge in acapella groups singing That's, renditions yeah. of pop songs yeah and most of them have never heard of us <laughs> okay. no i'm not kidding. I, I would imagine it's yeah. really weird yes we were the first mm -hmm. everybody else was doing doo-wop i mean maybe they were doing a modern song but they were doing it in doo-wop mm -hmm. right yeah like they you could hear a purple haze doo-wop version i got inspired by a group a garage band kind of group called godfrey daniels uh -huh. and what they did is they had taken like hey jude purple haze all these weird you know popular songs of the day and done them as doo-wop oh cool uh -huh. and when i brought that idea i said well i don't want to do doo-wop because there's the persuasions. How are you going to be a better doo-wop group than the persuasions? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do that? We don't want to do jazz vocals. Why would we be, we're, we're going to be as good as Manhattan Transfer, New York Voices, uh. any of these, you know, for freshmen or any of these guys. They're, they're already really good groups doing that. Let's do, and that's when Gunner brought in a psycho killer. And he goes, well, I have this kind of idea that maybe we can do psycho killer. And I remember Richard and I sitting there in, in Gunner's apartment going, okay, <laughs> let's try that. And so we did. And, and, and it just was, you know. It caught that fire. One, it really caught fire. And then yeah. the big one was when um, uh, Gunner and Richard did an arrangement of Helter Skelter. By oh, yeah. Hands. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've had, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me, I was riding in my car and that came on the radio and I had to pull over so I didn't miss any of it. Ah. And because it was very, very, very different. Now, the Helter Skelter, you guys got nominated for a Grammy Award yes. for that one. Uh -huh. Is that yeah. lost to the Pointer Sisters? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. You know, that's yeah, uh, not, not yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> And Automatic was an awful good tune. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so did you get to go to the actual ceremony? I actually, and Gunner and Richard went. Uh, you know, we sent the, you know, we could was only afford two of us. Uh, <laughs> was it, did they limit you or? Yeah, yeah. There was only so much. You're like, you know, listen, you're, you're not, up for a yeah, award. You're like, on, only. Yeah, you're lucky you got two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's still cool to be nominated. Yeah, I mean, it was how very great cool. is yeah, that? Yeah. And so with like stuff like that, when you're doing an arrangement of like, the Beatles or the Talking Heads, no. do you have to get permission from them? Or? You don't really. I mean, you can ask, but you don't really have to. You really just have to pay the songwriter. Gotcha. Uh, you know, that's really what it comes down yeah. to. Because, of course, any songwriter wants people to cover their tunes. Of course. Because yeah. they get 
free money. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my buddy's dad wrote uh, the song "I Will Survive," <laughs> and so he, he's made his entire living off exactly that one yeah. song. Yeah. People think Gloria Gaynor is making all this money. No, no, she's not making she's money not on making that. Any <laughs> this of, songwriter, the songwriter makes yeah. it all. Yeah. I mean, she makes the money on the record sales. And, yeah, but anytime that song is played on the radio. Or in a movie, or yeah. the songwriter's getting the dough. Ah. Yeah. With Psycho Killer, the group performed that on the Smothers Brothers oh, yeah. comedy in hour. Many, many places. Which is yeah. one yeah. of Matt's personal heroes. Yeah, Smothers Brothers, to totally. me, they're, they're the greatest. You know, the thing is, is I grew up with the Smothers yeah. Brothers. I'm the, of that age. And, and when we got to be on the show the first time, I was just so shocked. Because Tommy, of course, who plays the dumb one... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. He's the meat of the group. He's, yeah. He, yeah. No, Dickie was the one who was like, yeah, I'm going to go to my winery now or I'm going out to dinner. Tommy was the producer and he was yeah. like, he knew everything that was yeah. going on on that show. Yeah. He was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be on that show. And we were on that show with uh, this modern dance group. Cool. Yeah, and they danced while we sang. Ah, it's a that's, pretty cool video. That's awesome. Actually, yeah. And then you, you had a song in, in a movie, Cool as Ice? <laughs> With Vanilla Ice? Yes. Wait, what? Vanilla Ice. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, uh, we did a couple. And we did uh, also a song in Surf Ninjas, I think. Is that what? Teenage Mutant Ninja no, Turtle or no, something? No, no, or? no. This is long before oh, okay. that. <laughs> this is long. These are actually like kids playing... <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, and I think now, we when, we did a we did a version of Barbaran by the Beach Boys, uh, but it wasn't called Barbaran because they didn't get the permission to do it. Oh, so, gotcha. And couldn't get the Kelly Randy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was something yeah. really weird that we did. Yeah, so. I mean, you've been in a lot. I mean, you, your stuff has been all over the place. I yeah. have that you were in the movie for better or worse with, yeah, Jason, with Jason Alexander, Alexander yeah. and then you performed with him at the Emmys. Yeah, yeah, we did a, a whole medley of of television shows theme songs oh that's cool. really great actually turned out really well with jason with jason and is he how's he as a singer he's pretty good as oh a singer. really yeah wow. i mean he's a guy you know does song time so oh gotcha so he's pretty pretty good at it now the bob's been called one of the most influential acapella groups ever mm. who are your influences you know, at my age, you got to say the Beatles. If you're not saying the Beatles, I think you're lying. Mm-hmm. The Beatles definitely up there. For me, I was also a big Cream fan. I loved mm-hmm. Cream. I liked uh, the band. Uh, they were also, the band was a very inspiration. And still to this very day, because uh, Levon Helm as a singing drummer. Mm-hmm. I'm a singing drummer. Uh, and, yeah. and he was an amazing singing drummer. Yeah. Those kind of things, uh, those are the, uh, you know, I was inspired by so many of those groups. And I still... I have older cars, so it has a CD player in it. What's that? I know. It's so weird. <laughs> little albums, they're called. What's um, that? <laughs> a little vinyl. Um, but, you know, I just, I've always got it stacked full of stuff, and, and it's very varied. I go everywhere from the meters to John Prine to, like, Bonnie Raitt to, you know, uh, you name it. I'll I just, love the meters, man. Oh, oh, the meters so are so, those guys? Yeah. No. Oh. And the meters I listen to, especially now because they're drummer is phenomenal. Yeah. And so, so I'm always listening to his groove because it's all about, you know, when you got drums, uh, you got a really heavy responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, true. So with acapella, yeah. when you remove the instruments, I, I know that there's generally in some acapella groups, there's like a bass guy, yeah. a soprano guy. Do you, do you guys have that traditional format? No, the or? Bobs didn't have that. We basically, when Richard and Gunner would arrange tunes, they knew what our ranges were. So 
basically you could sing in the same song your very very highest note mm-hmm. and your very very lowest ah, note. Gotcha. And we crossed harmonies a lot, crossed parts. So maybe you were singing this part, then you went down and sang that part, and you came, you know, the lines crossed. They're pretty involved arrangements. So when did the female member of the Bobs come into play? Uh, about, I guess, maybe two or three years after we started. The very first one, her name was Janie. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Scott, and who lives down in Portland. Okay. Richard and Gunner being the kind of the main songwriters, the, the musicians, I'm just, I'm just some actor you know, who can <laughs> sing. And um, they decided that it would be easier to write with four voices instead of three mm-hmm. because chords are made that way mm-hmm. easier. Oh, so it was originally three. Yes, it was Got, originally okay. a trio. Uh-huh. And then we added Janie, the girl Bob. She was with us for 13 or 13 years, I think. And then she got replaced by a woman named Lori Rivera, who was a, a wonderful, wonderful singer, who got replaced by Anne, Amy Engelhart, who then got replaced by Angie Doctor. So <laughs> yeah, the, men, <laughs> the men were going through the, the girl, We were going through girl singers. It was like, but, we cannot deal with these guys. Jesus, we really? need to update your Wikipedia yeah. page. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I probably do. In research, Mm. uh, I was going to uh, buy the documentary Sign My Starling. Snarling Doggy? Yeah. Sign My Snarling Doggy. Sign My Snarling. 30 bucks. Is it worth it? Yes. Okay. And that's a documentary about the 25 years of the Bobs. Yeah. It's it's actually quite... I, I think it turned out quite well. That's awesome. Yeah. And it has followed you throughout the years, like, yeah, you know, the yeah. story, everything uh-huh. we're asking now. Pretty much you everything. Could you could just save your you time. Could've, you could have just played that in the, the background. <laughs> it's, it's on Amazon. We should have watched it well, and like, yeah. stole their questions. Well, you know, it's interesting because we have, we were around so long that we actually have records out of print. Wow, that's wow. amazing. You know, and I'm like, really? Do we sell that print? many? We saw, they don't even want to sell them anymore? About the, and the, and we, quite a few years ago, got back all of our, like, rights. Oh. We got back most of our records. Except for, Rounder Records would not give us our Christmas record, which is called Too Many Santas, uh, which is really- Because they're, they're making too much money on well, it? Or? I don't know if they're making money off of it. It's a great Christmas record. Well, uh, I think Christmas is where, because it, it, it's new every year. It's new every year. And sometimes, and, and songs, you know, you never know. I mean- I mean, the guy who wrote Santa Got Run Over by a Reindeer, which is a, like a huge Christmas hit every yeah. year. Uh-huh. He was like a, a like a bluegrass band, you yeah. know, and he just wrote this tune. And now it's, you know, now every year he just gets a check. Yeah. Well, there was that Mariah Carey one this year oh, that yeah. had originally didn't hit number one right. when it came out and it hit number one this year. Oh, interesting. Yes. Right. Well, right. I, yeah, I imagine that's a, a pretty big money grab for a Christmas album like Pandora yes. or if you Spotify. Can, if you can get picked up and they get and they people pick up you. My my favorite we do a song on that record called Christmas in LA, which is not a positive <laughs> it's it's kind of like about the commercialization of uh, Christmas, and they play that in Santa Monica through the loudspeakers. Oh, that's amazing! At Christmas time, that's amazing in the mall there. Yeah, and I remember the first time we heard that, we were like, "Okay, no one's listening to the lyrics of this." Are yeah, they? <laughs> yeah. It sounds very Christmas. See, if I were though. you, I would have rewritten that that <laughs> song to be specific about every city. <laughs> Christmas in Phoenix. Yeah, Christmas in Tulsa. Christmas in Walla Walla. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We should have done that. Yeah. 
And your songs, like what you're saying is Christmas in LA, like the songs themselves are lean fun. Like the titles themselves, about, there's songs about sleepy bus drivers, yeah. bumper stickers, yeah. bumper post sticker office song. violence, heart transplant, uh, like, Heaven's yeah. Gate. We got in trouble for the post office violence. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah man. The, the post office was pissed at us. Yeah, well, there's just so <laughs> many letters are being dropped out of your <laughs> I'm like, whoa. You know, it's just a song. It's a joke, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to explain that comedy these days. It's true. You know, <laughs> Uh, so, and then you have songs about uh, nicknames for genitalia, <laughs> spontaneous human combustion. I like how you mix like the, the heavy hitting stuff <laughs> and then uh, spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> yeah. Is there a song in particular that you're like, this one is the song that when we, when we What's sing? your funeral song? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if we had a funeral song. No, but for you, like what's, what's. <laughs> What's the funeral? <laughs> what, the, what will be my funeral? Yeah, song? yeah spontaneous human combustion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Best case scenario. Yeah. If not, there's a fire over there. <laughs> and so, going back to the movie yeah. stuff, you Kaufman. you did the the song for yeah, Andy Kaufman's be, before, Man on the Moon. Okay, yeah. Before uh, anybody was thinking about Andy Kaufman or doing, you know, before this, there was a very small documentary made, mm. and it's really quite good and. Because it was not, it was done just a few years after he had died, and uh, it's got people like Robin Williams on it and stuff. And we did the music for the entire thing. We did the uh. soundtrack for the entire thing. But my favorite part of it is that Milos Forman, who was the director of that movie with Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. um, heard about this documentary. And there was, at one point in the documentary, that talks about Andy going into his wrestling phase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to have some sort of musical tag on this wrestling thing. So Richard wrote this kind of Romanesque, you know, and it was just, no words. It was just notes, just in kind of this, you know, this kind of Romanesque kind of uh, marching. And we put it on the wrestling part. As like Andy's coming oh, into the ring, entering, like, like yeah. his entry yeah. yeah, he yeah. didn't have any. Uh, he did not have any. But Milos Forman did not know that, uh, and because he saw the documentary and he didn't do any more research after that, <laughs> it's like my research is watching someone yeah, else's research. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened is that our manager at the time said, "Oh, you know, Milos, they want to buy this 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 forty five seconds of music," and we we're like, "Okay." Why? Well, they, and she goes, they think this is what Andy used when he got into the ring, and let's not tell them. <laughs> Please don't tell them. And they paid a Of course, a yeah. A lot of money. For yeah. Them. I mean, it was, we just were like, Ah. How can we get into more of then that? Then you break down the dollar amount per second. Oh, yeah, You're yeah, like, was, yes, yeah, this yeah, is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's how we break down like low attendance shows. Mm -hmm. You're like, Seven people divided by what they paid me. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so what brought you to Seattle? And did all the members come to Seattle? No, I was the first one. So we were based out of Berkeley, California, until about 93. And if you get the, the documentary, you will find this out. While on tour in Europe, uh, in East, we had been asked by, this is just uh, probably 1990, we were asked by the German government to go over to, the wall had just come down the year uh -huh. before. Our promoters asked if we would be willing to go into East Germany to perform. 
mm-hmm. because they were just throwing West mm-hmm. Western yeah. ideas at them. Yeah, these are people that had stopped in 1955. Yeah. I mean, it was really weird. We were in this town of Jena in uh, eastern Germany, and we're performing in this big 2,500 seat, and the place is packed. And 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 we come out and we start our show, and we're doing our show, and we've been very successful throughout Europe. Yeah. We've been traveling a year since Edinburgh Festival in 86. So we're doing this show, and it is just quiet. <laughs> and I know you guys have probably been in this. Th- it's just like silence, and we're like, oh. And I'm on stage, and we're going through tunes, and I'm thinking, we are dying. <laughs> the we Western just, idea of applause oh, had not reached yeah, there. We yet. were just dying. And I come off at the end of the first act, and I go to the promoter, and I said, I'm really sorry. We seem to not be connecting with this audience. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. They speak German and Russian. <laughs> they don't speak English, yeah. but they love you. And uh-huh. I'm like. It's a very unusual okay. way of showing very <laughs> quiet way of showing that. So I then I rewrote the second set to put in like lots of cover tunes. Mm-hmm. Ah. And then we came out and you know did White Room, you yeah. know, and stuff in Purple Haze, which they all knew the uh, Western music. Yeah, yeah. And now they're hearing something they recognize and the audience just went. Oh, crazy. that's awesome. And later that night in Europe they have usually a cafe bar in the basement of the theater. So we basically got carte blanche, go down drink have get something to eat we're after there and we're standing in the front we're trying to get into the door and people keep passing going good show okay <laughs> you know the two words that they know in english and then this really beautiful woman walks by and goes you know i really like that that was really interesting it was very funny and it was very creative and and i, I really enjoyed myself thank you very much and and, she, and then she walks in and we're like that was like a whole paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I, I, that's all I know, though. You can't just walk <laughs> yeah. away after so, that. <laughs> so I go in, and uh, first off, uh, Joe Bob, who was in the group at that time, was trying to pick her up, but she decided that I was better. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, hey. And so after about six or seven pretty good scotches, I was trying to write my phone number and address. <laughs> you got one eye open. <laughs> go like this. And uh, I hand it to her and I say, you know, yeah, please, you know, let's, you know, let's not, you know, and I, and I, and I go off on my tour. Well, about seven months later, I haven't heard back from her. So I'm like, wow, okay. Because you gave her your home number in Berkeley. <laughs> well, I, you know, I gave her, I, no, I gave her, I gave her the home number and the address, but it was, I was drunk. She couldn't read that. So there's still a telegram being sent. Yeah, <laughs> slowly. About seven months later, I, I was in Bern, Switzerland. And we were doing a show, and, I, and I'm literally the next day going on a train back to Jena, which is like an eight-hour trip from mm-hmm. Bern, because I figure how many English-speaking women <laughs> can be in this town, right? I'll just yeah. look This at, is a year after? This is almost eight, eight months wow. later. Wow. And I get a note sent down to me. I don't know if you remember me, <laughs> but we met last year in Jena. And I was out of my seat, and I did one of those. It was like a, if somebody had been shown in a movie, it was just classic. Wow. I'm like running, and I get to the door, and I slow down. <laughs> and I come in, hey. Catch your breath. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Dry off the pits a little yeah. bit. Ooh, how you doing? Oh, it's so nice that you came to the show, you know? She's like, I can smell the same scotch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but she, uh, I pretty much asked her to marry me right then, and she said no. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying no. 
for a year. Mm. And then I get um, getting ready to go back uh, for a tour in and she's living in Switzerland now and uh, her parents are live in Switzerland, but she's Scottish. They're from Glasgow originally. I get this phone call and she goes, okay, weddings in July <laughs> on the 8th. <laughs> you finish your tour on the 4th. I'll see you in Bern. Wow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's do this. And we've now been married 27 years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That didn't really quite answer why, how you came to Seattle. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Guys. Thank you for reminding me. It does. It does link. Yeah. Because so. We, I just assumed I missed something. Yeah. So we basically did a, um, before we got married, we took my two dogs in my truck and traveled all throughout the Western states mm. for about, and I had a big long tour. It was maybe three and a half weeks. And we went to, you know, way down California, Arizona, New Mexico, up through Colorado, all the way back down to Boise, back down. And then we got back to Berkeley and I said, okay, what city would you like to live in? And she said, how about Seattle? Ah, and I okay. said, Excellent choice. Oh, wow. And that's how we're here. Hey, hey. Well, I think you have perpetuated the stereotype that even in an acapella group, the drummer still gets the girl. That's good. So the Bobs have since disbanded. Disbanded. And you are retired. And so what are you doing? Retired. You're playing in the sweet spot, Colin. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, now I have a trio here uh, locally, and we're just really starting. We have a, one record out. We're going to record another one this spring we're just playing a lot more gigs around town it's just a matter of it's it's weird you know when you're older it's harder to to get to, gig to break well, in to or get, to get people to you know realize that oh you're not just for older people yeah and, yeah because the bass player is 26 uh -huh. years old and it's it's bob's like in the fact that we're boot doing some swing, some Americana, and some R&B. Mm -hmm. We do a killer version of She's Gone by Hall & Oates. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, but things like that. So we're we're very eclectic on the, that level, but it's a great vocal trio um, sound. What yeah. kind of places do you play? We are playing the Triple Door. We're playing uh, dance halls. We're playing out in Port Townsend. In a couple of months, we're playing all over. We're kind of playing wherever, you know, we can pick up gigs. Okay. You know, just trying to, because it's all about selling yourself again course, and selling yeah. a different yeah. sound. People, they come thinking, oh, it's Matthew Bob and they're going to, they'll do a Bob's tune or some Bob's tune. I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah. And, although I did, we do an old Bob's tune, jazz tune called uh, Something in My Ear, <laughs> which is a swing tune. But And where can people find information on your new group? Sweet Spot Combo. Dot com. Sweet. And they, yeah. there's a calendar and calendar, links, videos. Events and videos and music and all that stuff is there. And so that's what's going on. That's and, what's and going on. And the other members are doing? Uh, Richard is uh, pretty much retired. He uh, inherited the family farm in Virginia. Uh -huh. um, 55 acres, just that's about nice. 45, acre, 45 minutes outside of D.C. That's great. It's a beautiful piece of property. It's really gorgeous. Stayed there many times. He and his wife live out there. It's you know, really, he's got a recording studio in the house. He and That's he still awesome. does some acapella stuff with Angie and Dan and Bob. They just did a duets where he basically did all these arrangements. And they're big arrangements, but there's only two people singing. Oh, that's cool. And it's pretty cool. That's so amazing. He's yeah. really put them through their paces for that. And that one of the reasons we kind of retired is that we were living in four parts of the country. Yeah. And that is, to me, is just too hard to make it work. Yeah. You can't keep that's the tough. quality level yeah. up Absolutely. in that way. As far as I'm concerned, so. 
So we want to thank you for coming in. If you want to check out more Bob stuff, you can get that documentary, Sign My Snarling, right? Is that my pronouncing that right? Sign My Snarling. 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 25 years of the Bobs, and I believe you can get that. Yes. Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah, it still carries it. Yeah. We have not seen it, but it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I give it two thumbs up. (laughs) Two thumbs up. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Moisture Festival podcast. If you haven't bought tickets yet for the festival, you can do that at moisturefestival.org. You can also find out information about volunteering or supporting it financially as well. Just click on the contribute button. You can also find Moisture Festival. They are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you want to check out more details on any of those social network sites. If you want to find out more information on Louie and I, we do a podcast together that is completely different than this podcast and it is called the odd and off beat podcast and you can find that on any platform that you get your podcasts at if you would like to find out information on louis and i's shows you can do so by visiting louis site which is louis fox with two x's dot com and matt baker's site comedy stunt spelled the way you would expect it to be spelled yes And we want to thank all the volunteers, performers, sponsors, donors, board members, producers of the Moisture Festival for helping make this thing happen. Absolutely. A lot of moving parts, and they do a wonderful job at creating a very unique experience that you cannot get anywhere else. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. And stay moist.